Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queen Pen. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate her podcast. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. Now guys, today I have a wonderful guest by the name of Dr. Judith Bryles. She's going to tell us about a million dollar speech and some other things. So, before we get into everything with Judith, let's take a moment out for our sponsors and we'll be right So guys, like I was saying, I am here with Dr. Judith Bryles, and she actually has a mentoring program for one thing that you guys have been asking me about. I spoke about it on Live Fridays. It's about writing books. So Judith, would you share who you are and what you do with my listeners. Oh, hi, how are you today? Um, I, well, I'm known as the Book Shepherd, and I work with authors all over the world to create books they don't, or they never regret. Maybe I'll just say it that way, because I, you know, 18 of my, what, 37 books now have been published with the big boys in New York. I will share with you. Yeah, I know, nice, but there's buts here. Um, only two I have loved from I have apologized for book covers for the way they the layout looks crummy that you know I would never write the the back cover the way they do it and that it was oh gosh back in the year 2000 when I had one of the people one of the groups I was speaking for came to me and you know could you contact your publisher to see if they could you know, get us the discount if we got a few books. Well, here's the truth. Um, I had just taken back the rights of that book from the publisher and I bought the remaining wow. stock of 60. So surely, surely that a few books is less than 60. At least that was my interpretation. So I said, I'm, right. sure, I'm sure I can get you a discount. How would 25%? They said, that would be great. And then they said, and we'd like a thousand copies. Well, go. Oh my gosh. That's not a, that's not a few books. No, <laughs> no, not at all. So, um, I, and um, since I had said sure, what I had to do was to really jump in the publishing pool and figure out how to do this thing. And once I did, I never looked back. I never looked back. People ask me, would you publish with New York again? The answer is, if they offered me so much money, and I'm talking about so much money, I wouldn't care what they did with it. The answer is yes. Okay. But you know what? I do care. I care how a book looks, how they feel, how it presents. Right. Um, and then that when I look at the whole thing of publishing, it's about, it really comes down to four things now. It's, uh-huh. about, it's about control. I really hmm. want input of how a book looks. I want a book, uh, input of how it reads. Um, I, I want input that, that I won't have regrets. 
so control. Right. But how would, okay, but how would a person that is just starting out get that control? I mean, like, you've written quite a few books, so how would a person just starting out get that control? Well, that's such a great question. You learn how to do it. You learn what the steps are to publishing, which is what the mentoring program can do. But the, the mentoring program, as you, you know, your question started, it, it covers so many things. Um, the mentoring program, I always ask the client, what's your objective? And it could be multiple. It could be, it could be from building a website, which I don't do. I have people on my team who do that. It could be from um, uh, creating a marketing plan. It could be from, you know, getting snappy and sassy on salt, you know, on social media. Right. I never know what the objective are, but the, the mentoring program starts, what's your objective? Is your objective is, I want to get my book written and published. Okay, that's objective number one. So then uh. we start through that process. So it, it's always around publishing, writing, uh, being successful as an author. And, you know, as I continue on it, that those four components all come into play. Control. Most authors want to have some control of what their book covers look like. Right, or, of course. You know, well, that's not from New York, let me tell you. When I signed with New York, and I was a kept author. I mean, I was well taken care of. I was paid good. Um, but And I just thought that's the way it was. So, so they didn't like my ideas. Okay, they know better. You know what? Sometimes they don't know better. Because if you know your audience, you know what's going to resonate with them. You know what's going to ring the bells and the whistles and, and, and create the hook. They don't always know. So that's why okay. control the quality. It, once you learn who the players are that can create a book, that can print a book, that, that you can have the same kind of quality. Unless, you, you know, I mean, some of these books that come out of New York spend a fortune on like cover design, but you can really walk, walk with the big boys. And so quality's there. And then there's a the whole thing about timing. And this is really the deal breaker. A lot of authors don't realize when they, when they have an idea and maybe they're less than 2% possibility of being picked up to New York happens, um, that the timing, you're looking at 18 months to two years before your book comes out. And you know what? That may not be so good. You may have a topic that's hot. You may have something that really, it's going to be old, long in the tooth in two years. That's right, not, because that's, that's what I was thinking. I was the, I mean, and this is just me thinking, but I always thought, you know, like as soon as I bring it to the publisher, it would, they'd work on it. If they like it, they take it and it's off to print. Yeah, right. That's what I thought was my first book. <laughs> And, and when I sold it in December and the editor called me and she said, oh yeah, well, we have a little work to do. It needs to go to editing. And here's what's going in my head. Editing, I had that all done before I sent it to you. Right. And, then, and that's and, what I was thinking. Okay. And, and then they're saying, but that, and then they're saying, and we'll, you know, we'll bring it out in June. I think, okay, well, six months is not long. No, no, it was through the following two years. Oh, well, wow. okay. But I didn't know any better. Okay, and, and I, there's reasons for some of those delays. But, but, but if you get um, wise that you can, you know, accelerate that it, it, huge exponentially. And then, so that's the timing. So fiction people, you know, they, they have more time in, in their in arena. Nonfiction yeah. people often do not. 
And then the, the, the fourth component is called money. Once you learn that in the, in the old days, let me tell you what the old days, the royalties in old days, they paid 10% um, of the first 5,000 copies sold on the retail price, and then right. another 5% on the next 5,000, and then um, another 5% if it went over 10,000. That okay. was on the retail. So let's say your book's 20 bucks. So I am going to get $2 and then I can increase it, you know, to, to $2.50 to $3 a book. That was the typical. It changed. It changed dramatically in 2000 when Simon & Schuster decided, and Simon & Schuster was one of my publishers, decided right. we're going to reduce you all to net. That yeah. means net. Really? Yes, and that's the typical contract today. Net is at least half off. So my $20 book is now 10 and now I'm going to make a dollar book. And that was and that was for hard copy. Uh, a trade paper is going to be maybe, you know, 7%. So then you start realizing, well gosh, darn, if I learn this business, and that's what I that's one of the things we'll do in the mentoring, you're going to learn the business with me. Um that if I figure out how to sell books, right, I, I can sell them and make more money if, number one, like I have a book called How to Create a Million Dollar Speech, which is how I sold a million copies of my books. If I, if I can start speaking to groups of people who want to hear my message and they're going to pay whole retail for the price, golly gee whiz, I'm going to get all the money. Okay, now okay. We're, we're talking, you can make a living with your words in your mouth. And and that's what I'm a huge proponent of. Let me tell you, I'm a huge proponent of that. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I know I teach a class. In fact, it's gonna be at the end of next uh, March. Um, and the my Judith Browell's Speaking Unplugged is a two day intensive with me where I show them how to take and structure a talk, turn it in, how to find the gigs, how to, how to get your contracts. In fact, for all of you who are listening in, um it there's a whole chapter just on this is what you, you i'll give you my i'm going to give you my contract that i paid a thousand dollars for an attorney to do but you got a you contract and i explain why this line is in it and why you want it to protect yourself that kind of stuff no so, and and i think you know to me that is one thing that people don't do is always we always hear okay you have to sign a contract but and they tell you to read the contract carefully, but they don't tell you what should be in the contract. And, and why it's there, yes. Right, should be right. In and explain why, like, you know, I, years later, I had a weird gig happen. Rarely did I ever have a cancellation on a speaking gig, but it was with a group, but there, you know, it was absolutely a perfect reason. Now, if anyone cancels on me, they have to pay my fee, but I always tried to work it out, say, okay, let's get it postponed and we'll do another date. I just didn't want to really operate that way. Right. But if I had other gigs, um, and we call them gigs, if I had, let's say I was in Atlanta one day and then I needed to go over to, uh, and then I flew over to Dallas and then uh, two days later, and then I, I had then I had to go to San Francisco. Um, before I return back to Denver, which is my home base. All right, so let's say Dallas had to cancel. 
And this, this is the true story. This is what happened. Okay. Well, I'm in Atlanta. I mean, there for a day. And then I was going to, the next day I would fly to Dallas to be there the next, the, you know, two days later, so to speak. And, but all of a sudden Dallas had to cancel. So wait a sec. So now I have got three days lost. So it doesn't make sense for me to go hang out in Dallas. I don't live in Dallas. I have friends there. Right. Exactly. Those are, those are work days though. You know, right. I'm on the road. These are work days. So right. it makes sense for me to cancel Dallas right. and head on to San Francisco. But the airplane ticket I bought was Denver to Atlanta, to Dallas, to San Francisco, to return home to Denver. For me to rebook it, uh, it cost me 800 more dollars. Whoa. Okay. I had to eat it. No more. So I have a clause in the contract that says if for some, whatever reason that if you're part of a multiple booking air ticket and your segment has to be canceled and my rebooking costs additional funds, you will be responsible for that. Now, I would never have thought of that if I hadn't gone through it. True. I, I could see where that, that, you know, in other words, experience was your best teacher at that point. Uh, yeah, but you don't want too many of those. <laughs> definitely not definitely not I mean you know you don't want to be sitting there where you're having too many learning you know learning things where you're going on and you're having all these problems of course oh, oh look at I've always said all the things that I've gone through um and I've had some enormous successes and let me tell you I've had some real failures and it's the failures that have really made my success um that also well, just that you, you learn. Um, one of my biggest books was uh, written, uh, the, the, first, the first, let's say, first part of the journey of those books and topics was written in 1987. And it came from a million-dollar investment where that one of my partners, um, actually, she had become a good friend, embezzled a million dollars from a loan I had personally guaranteed. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, I ended up homeless. I lost everything lost my health. My son died in the middle of it. It was just a horrible, horrible time. Oh. From that, I went back to school to try to save on behalf of other people um, who also were losing money, try to save all our investment. And that, um, and you know, she just filed bankruptcy and walked away. And from that, I went yeah. back to school during this time. I'm trying to turn this project around. Um, and I got my dissertation. My topic was on ethics. Do women undermine other women? And the answer was, yep, they do. Um, and Gloria Steinem tried to talk me out of publishing the book, telling me, gee, if you publish this book, you will give them, meaning the men, more ammunition to use against us. And I said, to, but Gloria, Ms. Magazine is going under because of this. But, but Judith, we just don't want to talk about it. My attitude is, if we don't talk about it, how can we deal with it to bring the awareness level up and find the tools to stop it? So, yeah, I find that a lot, that a lot of people will rather bury their head in the sand than talk about something like that. Well, it's easier. It's always easier to bury your head, at least for, on the temporary side. It's when the bloody thing keeps resurfacing. So I published, the book came out, Woman to Woman from Sabotage to Support, and, you know, I thought, okay, I identified the problem, here are the causations, 
here are the solutions. Uh, here's the effects if, if you don't deal with it. And here is the solutions that you can, um, you know, fix the problem. And I thought I was done with it, but lordy, lordy, I wasn't. And um, uh, people started coming to me and especially the healthcare industry. Really? And, mm -hmm. and um, healthcare can be very toxic. I, I can, but I, I, I wonder why them in particular with a book like that. Oh, what a great question. <laughs> because there are differences between uh, the way, and, and this is a general statement. I know some of our listeners will say, oh, no, I know men who handle it, do it just the same way as women do. Generally, men are more likely to confront a problem when it arises or they decide, screw it, it's not worth my time and energy, and, and, and you know, so, it, it's not worth getting the, into this battle. True. Women are less inclined to confront it, but what they will do is they'll go tell their girlfriends, oh my God, do you know what Bertha did to me? She did blah, 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 blah. And then Susie right. over here says, oh my God, let me tell you what she did to me 20 years ago. And then Martha yes. comes in, oh, let me tell you what she did to me last week. There is this, this elephant memory uh, that they don't let it go. And then what it does is it's fuels and it keeps building and, 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 you know, we get into games we play. So that was one of the big differences I found in the nine national studies I did over a two decade period of time on do and why women undermine other women. And I published five books on the topic. And what happens is I ended up becoming the go-to person in the healthcare organization. If you had a toxic person, you better get Bryles in to help us show us how to deal with her. Um, because toxic people cost organizations multiple, multiple, you know, dollars. Wait, I mean, okay, I'm going to stop you here. I need you to repeat that because I keep uh -oh. saying that. I need you to repeat that. Oh, okay. Which part? About toxic people costing companies millions. Millions, millions. I, listen, I had one hospital down in Dallas I was working with. And I always went in because I had a financial background. And I always went in and I said, okay, so I need to know what the hourly wages are. You know, how many, what's your turnover rate? Um, 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 and, you know, I, I started doing, crunching the numbers. They were losing close to $24 million a year. from Yeah. From people who in nursing who were quitting because of the behavior, the attitude, even the fear of a coworker or a manager. $24 million a year in turnover related costs. We're talking about rehiring. We're talking about upfront bonuses sometimes for hiring. We're talking about orientation. We're talking about bringing in temp people. Uh, we're talking about reduced productivity as you're transitioning to bring in new people. Huge amounts of money. And I remember working with another hospital in um, Pennsylvania and this, and the, the person who I was going to be doing a program for, I always, we were talking before I went back and she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm reading about this and I, I just lost another good nurse. Everything you're writing about in your book, I just lost another good nurse. And I said, so wait a sec, you're telling me you lost another good nurse. And then she added on. And you know what, when I think back, I probably lost five or six good nurses in the last year because of this nurse this woman told me she's quitting and I'm saying wait a wow. sec how much are your nurses making what's your average turnover and I said 
you know, because I knew what the replacement cost where the nurse was. Those, the, those stats are there. And I said, so this nurse has cost you roughly $600,000 this year. Is she really worth it? Well, the doctors yeah. are really that, that is a good really thought. worth it. No, she's not. So anyway, that was, I, I went in the healthcare. Um, they came to me. I'm not a, you know, I have a doctorate, but I'm not a doctor, doctor medical, and I'm not a, I'm not a nurse, but by God, I knew a tremendous amount about nursing because that's all who I began hanging out with. And the stories are horrendous. So for any of your listeners who are in healthcare or nursing, I'm going to tell you, get the book called Stabotage. That's the last one. How to deal with the pit bull skunks, snakes, scorpions, and slugs in the healthcare workplace. Because it's for you. Well, let's put it this way. Anyone that has a toxic, a toxic co-worker should get the book Stabotage. It does, and you because know, it has a very cool, I'm, I'm really embarrassed to share. It took me 20 years to come up with a new script for conflict resolution. Because the old goes something like this. When you... I felt because, and in the future, this is the behavior I want you to do. You know, it's, right. it's, that has is about as much excitement and um, uh, power as watching grass grow. What you have <laughs> to do, <laughs> that I, I came up with three new lines. All right. So it, it was called the Bryles Care Fronting Model. And it, and it was when you, I felt, so when you took credit for my work last week at our staff meeting, right, when you, I felt pissed. How'd you feel? Because it looks like you not only take credit for my work, you take wow. credit for everyone else. And that's not being a team. Now here's the new line. Was it your intent to take credit for my work, uh. steal my work, and others, and you don't say another thing, you put them on the spot. Now, most likely, they're gonna come back and say, oh, oh no, you misunderstood, you misunderstood. And the thing is, guess what? They know that you know, <laughs> okay? That is and true, start, that right? is very true. So, so very rarely will someone say, you betcha, I wanna take credit for everyone's work. That's not the way people operate. So then you being the gracious person you are, will say, you know, I'm glad to hear you didn't intentionally and, you know, mean to take credit for my work. But in the future, I want you to not, not only acknowledge what I do, but as well as everyone else on our team. Right. right. Here's the new line. Are you committed to do that? Ooh, I think a lot of people have a problem with that C word. It's you. I, I get it. Are you committed to do that? Now, this is where you go silent again. There's only three responses. Yes, no, or maybe. No and maybe, you mean no. True. And, and I say that all the time. I tell people all the time. When someone tells you maybe, more than likely, they mean no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, absolutely. I come from a sales background also. Maybes mean no. All right. So then we have one more line. This is, the, this is our parent now coming in. This is your parent side coming in, and it's called the consequence. Okay. Okay. If there isn't a change, this is what I'm going to do. Okay? Now, you could, you know, you're going to get fired. Or it could be, you know, coworker to coworker. A lot of coworkers, you know, do buddy stuff. They cover for each other. 
here's what I'm going to do. Next time you ask me to clock in for you because you're running 20 minutes late again, it's not going to happen. Next time yeah. you ask someone to give you one of their vacation days because you're putting together the dream trip of a lifetime, don't count me in. Next time you want to take those extra two hours because it's your special birthday, I'm not covering for you. You right. can do things and put out consequences. You can't fire them, but you don't have to cover for them. Right. And, and what happens so often in the female-dominated workplaces is when you have a sluggish Sally, or you you've got you know you know snarky whoever, that you end up either going around because it's eggshell or you cover for them and get the job done because you're worried about, you know, the team, that you've got this deadline in that instead of letting them fail, going ahead and letting them fail, but also putting their name with it. So anyway, that's my conflict resolution. That's where I ended up working with sabotage and work. Wow. Okay. But <laughs> I don't think we intended to go down that path. <laughs> I know, because I really wanted to ask you about the other book, the one that caught my eye, which was mm. God Says No. I was like, oh, oh, yes. Yes. My heart book. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That one, I was like, okay, I honestly have to tell you, you are a rock star. Oh, I don't know if you. anyone's ever told you, but after reading what I read, you are a flipping rock star. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you know what? I'm just kind of a regular person. I've gone through, we are, we're all are regular in our regular mode. Um, I, that I had friends who wanted me, purple's my favorite color. And um, they wanted me to call it, you know, just put 50 shades of purple. But my life really has been 50 shades of purple. I have had a lot of, a lot of amazing successes. One of my personal goals was to have a million dollars you know, by the time I was 35, I did. And, and then I went through an embezzlement and I lost it all. Mm -hmm. I lost everything. Um, I have a very mercurial life. I've been up and down um, for, for our listeners. Two of my children have died. I, have, I, I died myself and was brought back. Um, I've had cancer. I have been paralyzed for many months before I could get up and, and learn to walk again. Um, I... I, I I don't know. I, I I just have one of those things. But I will tell you, I have a really good life. Um, I love what I do right now. I love working with authors and bringing their voices and their books alive. I love seeing them accomplish wonderful things. Um, and I, 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 my life is kind of like I wrote it in the book, like a rose. It's got fabulous colors. Oh, lovely, lovely fragrances. And just horrendous thorns. That's yeah. But you know, the funny thing, it was like, okay, I looked at the book at first and I'm like, okay. And, and honestly, I'll be very honest. I was like, what the heck does she mean when God says no? Like, how dare she? <laughs> that was like my first thought. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, when I realized, I was like, okay, how to get your yes out of all of those no's? I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, oh okay, I was looking at this wrong. And so I have to apologize to you because even though you mm -hmm. were there, I kind of had a fight with you in my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and I think that's really what it is, is we never get to the point of 
and, and just to read all of the things that you are going through and to hear you say at this point, I have a really good life. I do. Yeah. It's like, what? So yeah. And, and, and you didn't get, I think the amazing thing to me is you didn't get stuck there. Well, there are times you are, you do get stuck a little bit. A um, little bit, but I mean, yeah. you didn't stay there. You didn't live there. No, no. I mean, when, um, when my baby died, I went into, I, God, I almost became a hermit and I painted, I listened to music um, and I, you know, I was music and I did watercolors and things like that. And I painted a scrapbook for a dear friend who was president of organization. I, I did her whole year in a, in a scrapbook and I painted every bloody page. And, and then, you know, that one of, one of the, one of my uh, dear friends came by with a serenity pair. She gave me a little medallion, a necklace. I wore it for a long, 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 long time, you know, that God, you know, give me the, the grace to accept the things I cannot yeah. change. I mean, we all have to realize that you can't undo stuff. And wouldn't we love to take a magic wand and go backwards? And it oh, from, a magic uh, wand, a time machine. Oh, uh, yeah. Something, you know. Okay, so guess what? That's not going to happen. Exactly. So what can you do? I think one of the really good things I, I put in the book, because so many... You know, I had, I had, Billy died as a baby. My, uh, my other son died when he was 19 years old of a accident where he was screwing around with his friends and they were climbing an old bridge and oh drank fill and drowned in the San Francisco Bay. And that um, you, you, I, you know, I was propelled into, I ended up suing the state of California. I don't know if you've got to that story part, but I. No, I haven't. Okay, so it was this old bridge that went across the bay, and they built a new one parallel to it, but they never took down the old one, and it turned out it was a hangout place. All the kids went out there. I didn't know, and neither did the other parents know. Um, I didn't know, and that Frank fell. And, um, and I used to go to, to get the, the unstuck part, I used to go to an exercise class to sweat and cry because I figured no one could see me crying because I'm sweating. Wow. And one day a woman came up and just tapped me, tapped me on my right shoulder. She says, and she just said, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. And I just want you to know my kids will never go up on that bridge again. Holy moly. Wow. What do you, and I just said, what do you mean up on the bridge? Your kids are climbing up on that bridge too. And she said, oh, a lot of them are. Well, I'm an action person. And I realized that no one had the power that I had right then and there to bring attention to it. No one did. Of course. So I called contacts. I remember it was Channel 2 in San Jose, California. And I called a, a reporter who I had followed, and I just said, you know, and her name was Judy, and I just said, you know, th this, there, this is a hazard out here. You know, we didn't realize it. And this is, by the way, was the, I was in the middle of the embezzlement trying to save her. I mean, it's it just an awful time. And, um, but now I'm prepared into action because I got to, you know, I got to save these other kids. Right. These parents can't go through this stuff that I'm going through. So I, um, she went out there with a camera crew 
and we went out and, it, and here, here was learning lessons, ding dong me, I didn't, well, why would I know? And I learned that um, the, only, the only way to get an action, especially when a state, a municipality was involved, is you, you go after them for money. It's the only thing you can do. So, you know, I, um, you know, I sued them for, or I made a demand. You couldn't, you can't sue them until you make a, a demand and they turn you down. That was, ah. that, is that dicey? So I um, made a demand for $5 million and they said, well, kiss off, you know. And so um, then we formally sued them. And, okay. and then we got uh, three months later, three months later, the state of California voted the legislature $4.7 million to take the bridge down. I got a call from a contact in Sacramento, California, the capital, saying they will never admit it. But I just want you to know you're the reason why this was voted. It took a year for them to implode the bridge. And what they did was they um, uh, they imploded the, well, they imploded it and they turned it into eventually kind of like a fishing thing that you'd go out and throw your lines okay. in the bay yeah. and, and fishing. But it took, it took a year and we watched it. You know, we went out Sunday, it was a Sunday morning. We all went out and watched it. You know, it was my, my other kids, my daughters, you know, they were with their friends. John and I were kind of alone with another couple friend of ours who had been through the journey with us. And then on Monday morning, I called the attorneys and I said, whatever your fees are at this point in time, I want you to call the state and settle for that amount and get me out. Wow. Because it was never about the money. It was about kids. And kids exactly. doing reckless things, stupid things. Um, I mean, the state had lied to us. They said, oh, there was, you know, there's fencing up. They can't go in. Oh, my God, their trucks were driving over the damn thing. It's amazing. <laughs> and so, and, and then I started getting ready. I need to leave California. I don't want to be in the Bay Area anymore. I don't want to go over the Dumbarton Bridge anymore. I don't want to say the Dumbarton Bridge anymore. I don't want to see the damn bridge anymore. Wow. And then I started, you know, plotting our move to another part of the country where I was away from California. So that's kind of part of the story a lot of people don't know. Wow. So, okay. You're like 37 books in. You've had all this amazing stuff. And still, you have the energy to mentor people. I find this absolutely amazing. So before we close out, uh -huh. Tell everyone how they can join your mentorship program. Well, you start with by going to my website, thebookshepherd.com, or you could even put in judithbryles.com and it'll direct you to it, all right? Or bryles.com, it'll direct you to it. But that's where I operate out of. I have a blog um, that goes out Every Tuesday, new blog. I have a e-zine that goes out every Wednesday. I do a podcast like you do every Thursday. Um, that is always new. I never do a repeat or an encore. 
as they, they're often called, and that I think one of the great things, and I think it's important for all of us, I don't care what your age is, is to realize that when you keep bringing newness into your life, you stay new. And you, Ooh, I like you, that. yeah, thank you. And you, and you make, um, and you keep, you know, you become vibrant and excited and that, um, it, you, you, there's no reason I was having some talking to someone who was 80, a new client who was 80. And she says, I'm getting so old. And I said, really, what's old? Why? You sound to me like you're still in your A game. Exactly. Uh, so, so I think you're, I mean, yeah, our bodies do change. They do slow down a little bit. But I think that when you, when you keep bringing new things in, that you're, you're, I learned this when I spoke years ago. I did the keynote for the Friends of Alzheimer Caregivers. And, and you know, and if that isn't a group, that should have halos around their hair. Yeah. Um, but one things I learned, one of the Alzheimer's docs was speaking, and he said, when you keep learning new things, you keep Alzheimer's away from you. And uh -huh. I, I've always carried that, you know, I never, you know, I always believed you got to keep learning new things. That was one right. of my commandments of, of being a confident woman. It was the fourth commandment keep learning new things. But when he said that to me, and I was speaking to this group on the confidence factor in my book, that when he said that, that that was a light bulb thing mm -hmm. for me. You've got to keep learning th things to keep that brain rejuvenated. Right. Um, and, and I don't care if it's taking, you know, participating in trivia with friends once a week. Or if it's taking a class or course or reading, I read an, I read an amazing amount of books. Um, I read a book just, yes, my gosh, last weekend. And the author was Katherine Johnson. She was, and her book was called Reaching for the Moon. It was her autobiography she wrote at 97. Got it? And Katherine right. Johnson was the whiz brain math. Right. She was one of NASA's first... Okay, yes. most people don't know this, but yes. the computers are actually named after the people because they did all the math computations. So she mm -hmm. was NASA's first computers. Mm -hmm. she, she was the one that did the calculation that if you saw the movie Hidden Figures, which exactly. I think you all should see, exactly. she's, fe she's featured in it. And she was the one that John Glenn would not go up in the rocket until she had manually done all the computations to verify that the IBM computer was correct. I love that story. Right. And, and you know, yeah. the bad part is, well, I, I mean, she lived a full life, but. She, oh, yeah. Wonderful she story. passed at 101. Yep. Yeah, I just, I loved it and I read it and I gave it to a couple of friends. It's just, this is, you know, this is what we need to aspire to, ladies. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So anyway, go to thebookshepherd.com. Uh, if you click on uh, services, the mentor one is right at the top. Um, what it entails, how we work together. And um, if some people who are in Colorado, my home state, actually come in my office. But the rest of us, we do it on, on uh, either Skype or, or uh, uh, Zoom, depending upon what people you know, want to work on. 
because um, I and you, of course, you can work on the phone, but I like to see people. So I like to, I turn on the video. And if we're having a bad hair day, we can have the bad hair day together. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So guys, definitely sign up for Judith's class and check out her books. I promise you, you will love these things. I'm like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. the, the full title of When God Says No, the subtitle is Revealing the Yes When Adversity and Loss yes, are present. Exactly. That's why I was like, at first when I saw When God Says No, I was like, huh? Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. I, I did, I, like I said, I have to admit, I did have a full argument with you in my head. <laughs> no, we do get no's, you know, and also sometimes no's are not, are, are just not yet. Yeah. yeah. I understand that. Sometimes they're not yet. Um, um, and the reason, and also God can say, can say no, because he's God, he can. <laughs> not right fit. Right. So Judith, it has been amazing having you. My pleasure. And guys, all of her information will be in the show notes. And if you write another book, I would love to have you on again. I'm pretty sure you've got a few more in you, at least. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Well, we, we already mentioned, you know, how to create a million dollar speech, which is, you know, what it, it could be, maybe it's not, you're not going to get paid for it directly, but it could be you're negotiating for a raise. It could be so right. many different things um, that happen. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you the title of my next book I'm working on. Okay. Called The 90 Minute Solution. Ooh. So guys, be on the lookout for The 90 Minute Solution. Yeah, that, that'll be, I don't know if I'll get it out this year, but it's, it's on my, I have a writing retreat set up in November to okay. sit down and write the whole thing when I'm gone. Wow. Okay. But again, Dr. Judith, it has been amazing having you and I cannot wait till the 90 minute solution comes out. And like I said, guys, definitely check out her website, check out her books. They are on Amazon. Or you can go through the website and get her books. Or if you want to sign up for her mentorship program, definitely do that. Check out her blog and her podcast. You're another one. I'm like, dear goodness, does she sleep? <laughs> That's what the 90-minute solution is about because people always say, how do you do what you do? Well, <laughs> that's what we're going to do the reveal. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, Again, thank you. So guys, this has been amazing. And thank you again. Again, thank you. I hope you guys liked what Dr. Bryles was saying. And if you're interested in her books or in the mentorship event, definitely go over to thebookshepherd.com or judithbryles.com. Her information will be in the show notes so you won't have to worry about missing it. And if you want to drop me a line, ask me a question or anything like that, you can do it on the Facebook page, the Coupon Queen Pin Facebook page, or on Instagram at CouponQueenPin001 or on Twitter at CouponQueenPin. And as always, guys, be good to yourselves, 
and be good to each other. And happy shopping.